Hello everyone and welcome to the 154th episode of the Poorly Planned Podcast. My name is Benedict, you may know me better as BHL Hudson. Here we talk about movies, TV shows, a bunch of nonsense. With me as always is my friend, co-host, and pizza-eating buddy in a onesie that's pink, Frederick. There's a lot going on today. It a, it's a, it's a, it's certainly a day full of adventure. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, this is this is prime potting attire. I would say a pink onesie I mean, and can pink I, I onesie can only with nothing underneath, underneath? I might add. <laughs> at, well, there you go. And the fish bone necklace because we are matching necklace bros. I mean, necklace it's not really bros. matching, but it's a necklace. But we both got necklaces and we rose. So you know, necklace <laughs> <laughs> works. Honestly, it could be any, um, I will, any number I will of say. Bros. <laughs> I will say there was uh, an unfortunate incident um, oh, no. in relation to this. So oh. I was uh, I was out shopping before, and I went back um, to my girlfriend's house, put on took a quick shower, put on the onesie, and her house is just down the road from my house. So then I was like, you know what? I can't be bothered to change. So I walked down my street in the onesie, and oh. I had an old and I had an old cider bottle that I drank the night before, like that was like empty, but it looked like I was, you know, was a bit of a, a day drinking alcoholic. And then I had three slices of pizza in the other hand, walking down the street like that. And then I opened the bottom like main door to my building, and my neighbor, who's this short Scottish man, who's very nice, but like he's uh, like he's maybe like one sixty or something like that, not very tall. So you like, I open the door, and he just looks up at me, he's like. Oh God, <laughs> that was not the side I was expecting to see this afternoon. I was like, that's very fair, sir. <laughs> wow. I walked away in shame. So he basically saw me as this huge pink onesie wearing day drinking alcoholic with some pizza slices. So, you know, not the best impression I'm making. If he wasn't your neighbor, I think he would assume you were a crazy homeless man who was trying to <laughs> break in. Um, it sounds like a bit of a yeah, like a skinny Pete Badger type activity, just in a onesie with pizza and alcohol in hand. <laughs> I won't lie, I love to, to be referred to as a Badger and Skinny Pete situation. <laughs> You're a Skinny Pete type menace to society. Um, damn, that is yeah. I can very much picture you just wandering the Sterling streets looking like a gta character very peculiar um, <laughs> just, just got out of the freshest fashion store uh i i have a an anecdote as well not as unfortunate in fact very uh very pride inducing i think i should say i think Ooh, you and the okay. pod fans will be like man what a cool guy bh Hudson is <laughs> um, but basically i'm back at college and uh film class which is what I'm studying, so I guess all class has started up again. <laughs> and, um, of course, on the first day back, like last year, they were like, everyone say your name and what's your favorite movie? And I was like, ah, wonderful, this is film class for kindergartners, I see. <laughs> but then this year, um, they were like, okay, um, everyone say your name and what movie you saw over the summer that changed your perspective on cinema? And I was like, that's Ooh, a bit okay. of a bit big... of a Bit of a step up well, was, from last like, year. Do Give I me have your to... favorite nursery rhyme? <laughs> now recite every Eminem lyric. <laughs> well, I mean, also a bit of a big ask. Like, do you have to have seen a movie over the summer that changed your perspective on cinema? I don't think I see many movies in general that change my perspective on cinema. Um, but so, of course, you know, there were the, I'm not saying film students are pretentious, 
but some of them are. And there were the classic, like, <laughs> well, you know, I saw this French documentary about the meatpacking industry, and it was really opened my eyes, and, you know, great. Mm. And then, of course, it comes to me, and your boy, your boy does go, well, my name is Benedict, and I loved Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> and I could hear... As you could, play Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> I'm like, get on the table, and I'm like... Excuse me, does anyone have a mustache I could borrow? <laughs> um, I could I could feel the eyeballs rolling in the classroom, and I loved it. Because mm. I was like, you know what, I, I don't regret what I said. And I, I gave some reasoning. I mean, I was like, well, you know what, with the, the modern day blockbusters, a lot of CGI and whatever, and this one did practical effects, mm. and that kind of thing. It was an innovative way of doing that remake. But um, it was just... I thought it was just an epic choice, if I'm honest. And uh, I honestly, and I agree, it's by far the probably the best movie of the summer. And also, just if you're gonna choose one, should be that. What one. other one would it be? <laughs> should be Teller. Should be. <laughs> should be. Don't think, just do, or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, also, um, someone. By the way, I didn't realize that you could say a movie that you saw that didn't like come out in cinemas. So someone did actually say "Ready or Not," which I thought you would find. Um, interesting. Okay. Change their cinema perspective somehow. I don't get how that would change their cinema perspective. (laughs) It's a good movie, but I mean... Also, can I say one more thing about it actually real quick? Someone, this one guy who clearly... uh, (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say too much in case someone finds this, but who I think fancies himself a little bit the the class comedian. He wasn't there last year as a new guy. Mm. Um, He did... Say, <laughs> I can't just say. I imagine, I so imagine you sitting in the back of the class, <laughs> surrounded by your posse, just looking up. Mm, the fresh meat think he got something, eh? <laughs> I just, we're all stroking our chins. Hmm. This man thinks mm. he's bringing something to the table. <laughs> thinks he can step on Seems my table. We've got a jokester in our midst, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we go up afterwards. Handsome. <laughs> yeah, I sound like such a. Your story's like, oh, I, I wore this funny outfit outside. <laughs> it's just hateful and spiteful. But anyway, this guy, he seems fine, whatever. But he was like, I, I would say Thor: Love and Thunder because when I saw it, I thought I never want to make something as shit as this, and that did get a, a good laugh. And to be fair, like I don't disagree that it wasn't a good movie, but I was just like, ah, go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> just my first thought. I was like, like I don't know. Like I, I, because it's also that whole film student thing of like shitting on you know superhero blockbusters, which to be fair, again, yeah. we kind of have done lately because a lot of them haven't been that good. But I just the inherent like hatred of like, oh my god, uh-huh. can you imagine watching a, a Marvel movie? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, I'm getting along with the new the new students very well, clearly. So anyways, everyone loves me as their junior. <laughs> Yeah, I stood up after him and said, fuck you, and then sat back down. That was my favorite movie of the summer. <laughs> anyway, so we've gone from last year, my flatmates leaving an ominous can by the door, to now a rivalry with the class jokester. So I think we've started off with a, a good uh, a great fresh year. start. <laughs> you, you pick it up where you left off. <laughs> yeah. In ter- tremendous turmoil. <laughs> anyway, today, back on topic with the pod, we're going to be doing a mini reviews episode, the first one in a long time. So we have them mm. piled to the brim or rim, one or the other, maybe both. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking some Thor Love and Thunder, finally. Finally. <laughs> finally. Um, Did you see my... 
Is this from your my letterbox review that you know that we can talk about it? I saw what? I saw you rate it on letterbox. I can't remember what you said, but I'm sure it was. Uh, I don't remember uh, what I said. Hor- hashtag Horny Crow, I think, was in there somewhere. I believe Horny Crow was there. Uh, we're gonna be talking Nope, Elvis, Ooh. Gone Girl, and things that you've watched as well, <laughs> <laughs> and other things, <laughs> and maybe Freddie might interject occasionally. Um, but should we should we start off? Just to get it out there, after months of anticipation, finally. It has, the people have been shouting our names from the rooftops. <laughs> the, poorly, the poorly planned review of Thor Love and Thunder. I, I, I changed my perspective because I never want to make something that bad. <laughs> didn't know you were the crash clown now. <laughs> you motherfucker. Stole my joke. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> You that. fucking bastard. <laughs> Um, it's pretty mid. What did you think? Um, <laughs> did you say pretty good or pretty mid? Pretty mid, but... I was gonna say pretty mid as well. Like, I think I gave it, like, two and a half or three stars. Thoroughly average, I won't lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, um I like... I, I think I liked it overall. I left entertained. Mm. Like, I didn't think it was, like, a waste of time. But I thought it was a no. confused kind of tonal mess. Um... It wasn't, like, funny enough to be a hilarious comedy, but it wasn't, like, at all dramatically well done to be interesting as yeah. a drama. So it was kind of in this weird middle ground of, like, it's kind of entertaining, but it's also, like, what are you, what are you, do, what are you trying to do here, you know? It, do, it, does, it did seem a little confused because there were so many, like, jokes, and every, like, seemingly heartfelt moment was interjected with jokes that were just, as you say, kind of mid. So yeah. it, it, it just, again, it is... The second best Thor film out of four, which says a lot, but mm, I, I would actually I say know. it was probably the third best. I rewatched Thor one Ooh. as of late, and it's actually not that bad. <laughs> it changed mm, I my see. life. Contro- controversial. <laughs> yeah. So, what movie did you watch over the summer? Uh, Thor one uh, really um, <laughs> opened my eyes to cinema. <laughs> what if I'd unironically said Thor: Love and Thunder, and then that guy still just like slam dunked me with his with his great meme? That would have been. Anyway, sorry, I'm really hung up on this. Clearly. Or you could have made him feel really bad and said, and you said it after he <laughs> yeah. said, what a joke. It's like, well, actually, um, my, my late grandfather worked on uh, <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, just it, it's, watching that movie really felt like I was part of my great-great-grandfather's uh, experience. It brought me closer to him. And um, I also never want to make something that and shit again. <laughs> what do you think of the CGI in general? It wasn't horrible, but it was there were moments. It wasn't horrible. I mean... There were moments that were not very good. I also, <laughs> I, yeah, there, there are definitely some decent moments, but also some very, very bad moments. It was like, I think it tried to be as colorful as Ragnarok almost, but with, I don't know, because the, the colorfulness of Ragnarok and that whole planet they were on is what made it work, I think. Whereas this one, they're kind of like making everything very colorful without having the proper justification behind it i was like okay mm. thus making the cgi a little bit a little bit strange i thought yeah i actually thought the also best... don't get, i also don't get why they had the two goats with them all the time <laughs> no well that was an obvious kind of you know how disney movies and marvel movies will kind of have the like pet sidekick or the baby sidekick baby yoda baby groot some little animal like sort of like the mm. marketable thing slash funny meme of the movie i think that was meant to be that but they yeah they didn't really um Lele actually, we were talking about it, and he said something about how they could have, like, very easily worked the goats into, like, the final part of the movie and given them a point. I was like, oh, yeah, that would have been a very easy fix. I can't remember what it was, but 
Yeah, no, it wasn't crazy about that. I actually thought the best looking part of the film was that black and white planet where there was no color. Um, yeah, ironically. exactly. But yeah, there were only like a few moments that made me laugh really hard, and the rest were kind of kind of chuckles. I think the honest trailer made a good point um, where they were like, "It has the joke rate of Family Guy," and it kind of does. Like, it sort of just is like <laughs> like a constant. It's it's constant random memes. Um, we have to touch on the horny crow, of course, as horny crow would, of course. would love. Yeah, a lot of like, maybe not a lot, but like the the weird cameos that were there were. I mean, I didn't love Matt Damon. <laughs> Very strange. I totally forgot he was. Well, they sort of they did take jokes that worked in Ragnarok and kind of play them a little too, kind of play them yeah. out a little bit. Um, I mean, I did kind of enjoy his like nuttiness. It's just like douchey playwright <laughs> when he was trying to write a tragedy about the children being kidnapped as they were being kidnapped. As they were being kidnapped. <laughs> a very Damon moment. <laughs> and yeah, then the horny crow. Very strange. I did not realize that all the gods would be such assholes. And I don't know, like, it's... I don't know, I found it a bit weird. And how he... I mean, obviously didn't end up killing him. Spoilers for Thor, Love and Thunder. But how he, like, seemingly just, with one little thing, just kills Zeus. Like, the mightiest god of all. Like, okay. Yeah. Kind of strange. Well, the whole thing, you know, I'm not a big proponent of, like, it all has to be in a continuity and they all have to reference each other in the MCU. But, again, I was talking to Lele and he made a good point of, like, it just completely ignores that it's part of, like, a universe with, like, you know, some consistent characteristics for characters, some consistent storylines. Like, the whole plot doesn't make any sense, especially in the context of the larger... Like, what? why hasn't any of this come up before? Like, a well where you can make a wish or what it, you know I, yeah, yeah it was it was a it was a bit of a mess i think it's fair to say um mm. and there was one other thing i mean christian bale was pretty good i guess um oh the, i thought honestly i thought bale was a decent villain they just didn't give him that much to do no like, and he kind of i saw like on on like instagram i saw like a guy who was in there doing a, an angry nerd boy rant which was a little bit sad but at the same time he made a good point where it was like <laughs> same time it's like we do. a fight in a five-minute reel, he did make... Like, he was sitting there being very angry, but he did say, like, at least, like, in the comics that the... What's what's the guy called? Gore? Gore, yeah. Yeah, Gore is, like, portrayed as, like, one of the scariest dudes ever. You see him, like, kill multiple gods and stuff like that. Whereas this one, I think it would have made him a bit more menacing if you actually saw, like, one or two scenes of him, like, just before he gets to Thor doing a bit of, uh, bit of ravaging. A bit of yeah. god-killing, you know? Like, the one he did was Sif, and that was kind of just, like, a joke. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, the the one other thing I'd say about it is I watched the behind-the-scenes documentary on uh, Disney+, and I just thought it was funny that they had a whole whole segment about how sad Chris Hemsworth was about getting super swole. Because <laughs> there's this whole thing. I, it was like, because everything about those documentaries, like, this was the best experience ever. I had a great time. And it was just kind of refreshing, really, for him to be like, yeah, my body hurt a lot. I didn't enjoy doing this. Like, I didn't enjoy getting this big. I'd never get this big again. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, it was a refreshing <laughs> bit of honesty of like, yeah, you know, they, they act like, oh, you know, I, I did the diet and it was all good. And Chris Hemsworth was just like, yeah, like my body just hurt all the time. <laughs> Being swolnormous was very difficult, which I imagine it was. So <laughs> good for you, Hemsworth. But yeah, a bit of a mess overall, I think we'd both say. Yeah, overall, bit of a mess. Yeah. Do you have one you want to you wanna hit? 
Ooh, ooh, okay, just a quick one. But yesterday, I did in fact rewatch with my girlfriend and one of my friends. Get out. Ooh. Ooh. I, I in, am. In, in, semi, in semi preparation for Nope, which I've not seen yet. Oh, but I really okay. want to. Um, but God, I forget. Like, I know it's a good movie, but rewatching it, like, this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. It gets better every time. Like, even though you know the plot, it's like you're sitting there, like, picking up on smaller details you maybe wouldn't have seen before. It's, like, it's so well made. Yeah. So, and I, I love sitting there seeing the reactions of the other people, like, oh, what? What? No way. You know, like, just like the kind of like growing unease that that film builds. And it's just, oh, it's so good. And yeah. sitting there, fist bumped when Rod showed up. It's a, good, it's a good time. Yeah, no, I'm actually working on a video right now about. Um, all three of Peel's movies and kind of the, the meanings Ooh. behind them. A little bit of a, okay. a little different thing from BHL, but yeah, I, I kind of went more in-depth on the like political, sort of social political messages of it, but also just mm. as, a, as, a, as a badass... It's not even horror, really. It's kind of horror thriller action movie. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's done way differently than a lot of other horror movies. And like also the end of it... Yeah, oh, so good. Just so everything like the people I've watched it with, they're like, "Oh, it did end quite quickly." No, like, like we were waiting for him to like make a mistake. I was like, "But that's a, that's the beauty of it. He, he does exactly mistakes. what you want him to." Yeah, ah, brilliant. Yeah, one of the best Woodies, truly. Um, truly a great Woody. Do you think you're gonna watch us uh, again in preparation for for Nope? Mm, for the Nope? Probably not. Probably, probably not. not. Yeah, it's not as it's not as rewatchable. Um, it's not as rewatchable. I've seen us twice, I think, and it's it's good, but you only need the it's, it's no get out the Duke dab twice. I do include include a joke about the Duke dab in my video. You'll be very excited to Ooh, know. <laughs> okay, very good. Is there is there a crawdad joke as well? There isn't. Or is that too right, much? I'll scrap there, it. Is, is that too much to ask for? I'll scrap the the months of work I've done and just make crawdaddy the entire video. <laughs> make that the title of the video. Uh, crawdaddy <laughs> gets. Trillions Billions of views. Of views. <laughs> Dethrones. <laughs> Gangnam style. I don't know what the top one is. <laughs> um, I believe it is, in fact, a Coco Melon video. Ah. Sad as it is. Well, I'll never, never, never dethrone that. Well, should I? I think I can maybe save Nope then for when you've seen it. Um, Ooh, so okay. we'll, we'll save our thoughts for that. Um, I will then hit another highly anticipated pod review of... Mm. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> the fans burst out in laughter and hoorays. <laughs> they, they scream a hip hip hooray three times a piece. Um, I did watch <laughs> The Time is Nay or Nye. <laughs> did you, by the way, did you, this is so long ago, did you see Anthony Joshua's like kind of meltdown in the ring after his last fight? I have not seen it, no. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't laugh because it was kind of, like, slightly concerning, but he had a little bit of a breakdown, and, like, he was kind of rambling, and everyone was kind of like, ah, you know, this isn't this isn't great. And then at one point, he goes, like, now everyone in this arena, I want you to say, hip, hip, hooray for his <laughs> opponent who just beaten him. And it was, like, out of the, the most bizarre, like, The Office-type <laughs> moment I've ever seen in my life. It was very confusing. But anyway... <laughs> Oh um, Joshua, yeah, I, I did hear you had like complete freaking meltdown, which is you know <laughs> didn't didn't wasn't great. Um, but anyway, Elvis, as I was saying, um, <laughs> it was Elvis. I really liked it a lot. It was very. 
I think I saw it with Papa Hudson, big Elvis man. I mean, average Elvis man. <laughs> I was going to say big L. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a little, he enjoyed it as well. I think he was a little taken aback by the style of it, as was I, um, which is like, it's a Baz Luhrmann film, which I knew going in that he was like famous for some stuff. <laughs> Got no clue what that means. <laughs> he made, have you seen the uh, Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? I have. Also, I believe we watched it together in English, we, right? We did, actually. And uh, The Great Gatsby movie and Moulin Rouge. Mm. But basically, he has a very specific style of editing and kind of this very crazy pace edit, uh, CGI, crane shots, all this like wild shit. It's, I, it's hard to explain, but if you watch just like one scene from it, it's insanity like it's like just this crazy <laughs> style and it doesn't stop for the whole movie like it's just constant movement and edits and weird shit going on it's like two and a half hours so that can get a little headache inducing at times so i was completely turned around <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i appreciated that it was a different style for telling this kind of story because mm. we've seen all the like bohemian rhapsody and that kind of thing and it's like standard you know um musical biopic and this was at least different and I actually thought the style reflected because it kind of goes into how Elvis's life devolves into this show business, horrible kind of circus nightmare. It's kind of it, chaos. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reflected the chaos around his actual life, but um, it was very good. We God, have you're such a film student. Such a film student. <laughs> I should have said Elvis in that very class. Very impressive. Damn it. <laughs> God. Um, Damn it. <laughs> but Hanks was great as. Some may call me the villain of the story. Some may call me the villain of the story. <laughs> but I'm only... I say... Hanks. What does he say? <laughs> but I'm only... Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big reveal at the end. They're like, what's wrong with his manager? He's really suspicious. He goes, I'm Hanks. Exploding <laughs> credits. <laughs> he explodes. <laughs> the boys style. <laughs> Exploding Hanks. God, that sounds like an <gasps> awesome death metal band that Hanks would be part of. <laughs> that sounds like a loaded diaper song, Exploding Hanks. <laughs> I feel like if Hanks exploded, noodles would come out. Is that just me? I feel like if Hanks exploded, it would just be completely like neon green blood. <laughs> if Hanks exploded, there'd be no blood at all. It's like he's a balloon, <laughs> completely hollow. Just pops. <laughs> Did you know? That's why Hanks is so Hanks is so scared around thorns because if he gets <laughs> stabbed, he just deflates slowly. Um, but he was very good. Austin Butler was great as Elvis, um, and it's just—I mean—it's a very—it's a very specific style that if you don't like the style, you're going to hate the movie. But if you can settle into it, it's very enjoyable. And there's one scene, like the one of the first scenes, where they show what Elvis like his dancing and his singing, whatever, and what it does to like the women in the audience. And I thought that was like just a very well done scene they're all like freaking out and they can't like contain themselves and it was, just, I don't know, it was just a very well done scene i think if you watch the movie you'll you know what i'm talking about but um mm. just a really really good movie i'd say so i think you'd like it actually nice okay 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 i i do want to give it a watch i also want to watch the elton john uh rocket mm. man when i still haven't that seen that also one. a good but, one you got so much to catch mm, up on i want to watch both of them Watch them at the same time. Two different screens, one brain. <laughs> I went to the cinema the other, I think last week, to watch Orphan First Kill. Ooh. Orphan Ooh. 2? Still Orf a grown woman? Spoiler still alert. 
<laughs> Still got no parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not related to the first horror film. It's a genuine just heartfelt Orphan drama. Two. The, de- the, the dictionary definition is still very accurate. <laughs> How was that? I also saw in a letterbox you watched Ooh. the first Orphan film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I won't lie. Probably would have been the most nutty Woody movie ever. <sighs> I love and hate Which to hear like, that. Explain. I, Jay, I sat there and was like, God, if I, like, I, because I loved him, like, the people I sat there and watched with, like, we had such a good time. I was in there. If I had my podcast co-host here as well, <sighs> it would have been endless banter. Ah, uh, I, I missed the, I missed the Woody's. Um, uh, God, I missed the Woody's, but well, very soon. There may be one soon. Mm. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, as if they care. <laughs> we may hang out sometime. Stay tuned. <laughs> we may or may not hang out. <laughs> the audience is jittering. A play date may be in the works. <laughs> but um, well, what's, um, what's so nutty about it? I have to know. Uh, well, okay. So it's basically, I forget, you haven't seen the first Orphan one, have you? No, but I know I know what happens. I've, I've seen bits of it. I, I get the gist. Yeah, so like... Again, spoilers for, for both of these movies, I guess. But yeah, she's basically like a... She's got this form of dwarfism. So she's like basically... She's like a 30-year-old woman, but she looks 10. Mm. And yeah, that's how she kind of like fools people and is a complete, like, complete psychopath. But also kind of like... In this one, she's almost... Like in the, in the first one, she's definitely painted as like, you know, the bad guy, the main antagonist. Mm. But in this one, it's like you get a, you get a bit more sympathy for her whilst also... Like, which is both through, like, what she does, but also the things that happen around her. Because some of the stuff that happens is just so completely and utterly stupidly insane. It's so, <laughs> like, because, I mean, do you mind if I spoil this or are you going to watch it? Nah, you can spoil it. Go for it. Okay, so basically, this is, ba- like, it's the it's a prequel to the first one where this is, like, she gets adopted by her first family after escaping this uh, insane asylum she was in, right? Hmm. And she gets adopted by this family who who um, were like a girl, like they had a girl similar age who died not too long ago. So they adopt. Um, oh no no sorry what that's completely wrong what I said. Um, <laughs> oh sorry that's a, that's a book I'm writing on the side. Sorry. <laughs> sorry God I leaked some of my own great work there. Sorry. <laughs> so she looks up after escaping the insane asylum. Um, missing people in the states mm. for some reason there's just a huge list of you know and then she finds a girl who she looks practically identical to right mm. and then she and then the woman flies out she says she's been kidnapped for four years the, the mom's like oh my god sweetie come home you know she comes home there's a lot of tension between her and the older brother and also the mom whereas the dad he's like the dad had gone down with like serious depression and then when he saw her his whole life you could like kind of flare back into you know into fruition mm. um and then you know there's like she she does a few things like she's clearly like an older woman in like looking as a child so it's kind of like there's some un, like uneasy stuff but then out of nowhere <laughs> it's revealed that um like so there's this police officer who's basically like tailing her because he doesn't think that she's the girl who's been found he like suspects that she's like an imposter right mm. so then she goes kills that police officer and then all of a sudden the mom walks in, right? And then it's revealed that the mom and the brother killed the girl who's supposedly missing. I see. It's like the most 
the most insanely stupid twist where it's like <laughs> so they've been like pretending that she, uh, they think that she's like the girl whereas they killed uh, <laughs> the, so, the actual girl who was supposed to be missing so they were all just very awkwardly strange. sitting there knowing that they were all yes yeah, so the, the, the brother and the mom i was because like i was like what's why are they so awkward around her but then it's revealed that they literally killed her oh my god <laughs> and then a horrific scene where she tries to blackmail the brothers, like, I'll tell everyone you, you killed your sister. He's like, he walks up, you ain't got no say. And he's like, in the most childish Gambino-esque way, he just looks at her. <laughs> and it's, it's, the thing is, it's not meant ironically in the movie, but it comes across so funny. He just looks at her and he goes, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then he busts into the full dance routine, I assume. <laughs> And yeah, like there's, and then the ending, like I, I won't go into too much more detail, but like the ending is just, it's crazily stupid, and I think you would, uh, <laughs> I think you would enjoy watching it, especially knowing how how nutty it gets. So it, it's a bit of a bit of a nutty, so bad it's good horror kind of vibe. It is, it is, it's genuinely like to, in the, towards the beginning, it's very similar to the first movie, but then it takes a complete turn, and it's just like, what is going on? Like <laughs> so bad it's good kind of thing. Damn. Okay. You know what? I I had no interest in the orphan movies, but now, <laughs> and that has not changed. <laughs> uh, but now, all right, maybe maybe a shout. Um, yeah, I, I I recommend. Well, I don't know which transition to take here because I have either speaking of what would have been a great Woody movie or speaking of a bit of a Ooh. thriller horror. Uh, I'll go with the Woody Ooh. movie. I'll go. What would have been a great okay. Woody movie? Um, I did go see. This movie called See How They Run, which I think we've talked about in the pod. Okay. It is, in fact, um, a Knives Out, Murder on the Orient Express type mystery film. But uh, more Knives okay. Out-y because it's sort of very self-aware. It's playing on the... It's about like a murder mystery that happens to the cast of a play of a murder mystery. So it's mm. all very meta. It's all very self-aware. And in the Poirot uh-huh. role, it stars... Sam Rockwell, and as his assistant, Sorsha Ronan, and it is uberly nutty. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean it was as a movie overall. It was it was it was okay. Like it was pretty fun. It was very short. It, it felt mm. almost like a not even like a movie really. It was kind of just like a fun little little thing. But it was just I don't know. It was yeah. a very. It was exactly kind of a movie. I think we would have enjoyed a lot because it's. I don't know. Rockwell is just this complete <laughs> loser alcoholic detective, <laughs> and Sorsha Ronan is. Sorsha Ronan's very charming. I can't remember what the last thing I saw her in was, but she's she's very good. And it's just a mm. a cast of <laughs> like just idiots and kind of like bad people and just fun characters. And um, I don't know. It was it was very enjoyable. Yeah, it was kind of Wes Anderson style a little bit. Um, okay, and a little okay. bit of that like quirky sense of humor. And mm. yeah, I think I think you would enjoy. Honestly, I think it's like maybe don't go to cinemas to see it, but I think if you if it comes on somewhere, uh, I think I think it's a good it's a fun watch. Okay, okay. That, I mean, I love Rockwell, and I also like Social Ronin. I think she's also very good. Um, so that does and a little murder mystery who done it. Yeah, always great. Like, I, a beautiful combination. So I, I will I say, might have to the, just so you don't get your hopes too high up. The Rockwell doesn't get a lot to do. Like, he is kind of a little bit one note, which is his character, to be fair. But um, it's mm. not as nutty of a Rockwell as you might expect. 
Um, okay. <laughs> but there's quite a fun moment where he's trying to get away from his assistant. He's like, I have a dentist appointment. And then he goes and gets drunk at the bar. And then she's standing outside the <laughs> dentist, which is right next to the bar. And he just walks out and like kind of looks around. He's like, oh, hello. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> nutty Rockwell. But um, yeah, an, an enjoyable time. So would have been a great okay. Woody. Um, but I guess it'll never be. But alas. <laughs> All right, let me... Let me quickly get my letterbox document. For the viewers at home, Freddy, <laughs> we're FaceTiming, and Freddy just pulls the phone super close to his face. Like, oh, oh God, what's about to happen? <laughs> oh, goodness, what's, what's happening here? Um, I have not, in fact, finished this movie because I believe I fell asleep before the last 15 minutes or so. Mm. Um, but because it was quite late at night. Not because it's a bad movie, but anyways. Um, me and my girlfriend, we were struggling to find something to watch. It was, it was, uh, it was, a, tough, it was a tough time. And then I eventually caved and let her decide. And then we ended up watching The Age of Adeline or Adeline. Mm. Are you familiar with this movie? It's not the one with Emilia Clark, is it? No, it's the one with Blake Lively. Oh, I think you've talked about this, haven't you? Where she falls in like a frozen lake? Um, I mean, what? No, yeah, she time travels and stuff. I'm pretty sure you've talked about this before. <laughs> What in the world? There's no... But this is the first time I watched it. Does she fall in a lake and, like, time travel or something? Or, like... No, but it's... Mm. I mean, that's similar enough to make me believe I have talked about it before, but I haven't seen the movie before. It's a before. very unsettling moment. But okay, fair, go, go for it. This is very strange. <laughs> this is... I mean, I oh see it, it does star your boy Harrison, so only scary things can come from that. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here thinking, have I... No, there's no way I've seen it before. Anyways. It's all good. Okay. Go for it. Um, so basically, it's about, so Blake Lively is this woman in the, before World War II, I think, or right after, like, a long time ago, anyways. Mm. She gets in a car crash and falls into a frozen lake, or lake, I don't remember, but either way, like, it's so cold that her heart, like, she, like, basically gets completely paralyzed by the cold, her heart stops in the water, and then at that same moment, she's, like, the car she's in underwater is struck by lightning, uh-huh. <laughs> and that does... This so is that a dumb movie we're dealing with here. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. For a movie that's supposed to be like a rom-com, it does have some very, very strange things in it. <laughs> um, so then she wakes, like, she gets basically, like, defibrillated from this lightning. But then it also does this thing, and they try to make it, like, seem as if it's, like, a proper, like, scientific explanation who's, like, they bring up, like, a proper scientist, like, oh, and this, and this, and this guy first found out later, like revealed in 1957 she went through this and this morph morphosis or whatever the fuck um <laughs> which meant that she could not age a single day wow so basically like she's like made immortal from mm. that point like she does not age um and then it's kind of like goes through her life as she like she basically changes identity each 10 years or something like that to because otherwise you know it's obviously too suspicious um so the only one who knows is her daughter and that is like one thing i found like kind of moving in the movie was that she kind of like has to see as a parent see her daughter grow older and older like and eventually like she's like in almost in a nursing home uh towards the end of the movie again i don't know if she dies because i haven't finished it but mm. like her daughter gets very very old you know um so like that must be that's a strange thing to sit and think about and um bit of an interstellar but apart from that very very interstellar um so that part of the movie is actually quite good but otherwise 
there was um, Daria Naharis from Game of Thrones. He is seen as the current love interest, and I've never seen a man <laughs> be so difficult to, or like, have such a hard time taking any sort of hint, because <laughs> he's basically rejected possibly 10 times <laughs> until he basically just like forces his way into her life oh my god <laughs> and then the ultimate nutty twist after they start you know dating a little bit <laughs> they go to his parents house and it turns out like 40 years ago she dated his dad who is in fact harrison <laughs> <laughs> no no and it's just the craziest <laughs> most fun thing because harrison is sitting there because he's she's got she he views her as the, the one who kind of like got away and he sits there and absolutely just gets completely aroused by the thought of her <laughs> next to his wife he's sitting there like god she was one of a kind she was the most amazing woman and his wife's like harrison what in the world <laughs> mr ford oh god what a mr. twist ford, what, what's going on here um so very very kind of like nutty but also like huge dick move from harrison but otherwise I, I haven't finished the movie but a decent movie not one I would mm. recommend, I don't think, but, you know, uh, an interesting watch. Damn, I hate it when it turns out I dated Harrison Ford 40 years ago. <laughs> um, damn, okay, fair enough. Um, doesn't sound that bad, to be honest. Also, can someone go back or tell us, um, has Freddie talked about this before? Because there's no, maybe someone else told me about it, but I, I'm pretty certain I, you talked to me about a woman but who I gets stuck But I feel like I have lake. told you about it as well, but I'm almost certain this was the first time I watched this movie. I'm so confused. Speaking of... Uh, Ah, I got nothing. Speaking of <laughs> women, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a woman in both movies. I don't know. Um, I did watch for the first time ever Gone Girl, uh, Ooh. and it was amazing and intense and crazy. Have you seen Gone Girl? I have not seen Gone Girl. Oh, it is so fucked up. It's so good. Honestly, it's um. It was funny because it was like 10 p.m. or no, it was like 11 p.m. and I was like ah. Like, it's a little too late to start a movie or whatever, but I was like, ah, I guess I'll, I'll watch, like, maybe an hour of this or something. And then I mm. find myself having watched two and a half hours already, because then someone from one of my friends in America texts me, and they're like, why are you awake right now? And I'm like, oh, shit, I watched all of, all of Gone Girl. It was just so, so gripping. <laughs> I remember um, Prisoners was like this as well, and Last Night in Soho, where you just don't really notice the time. You don't ever check how much is left. Mm. It's just very engrossing. And I won't really say much about the plot at all because kind of anything I say could be a spoiler. So I don't want to spoil it. I mean, you can you can spoil it because I've got a vague idea of what happens. And I think like I know, I somewhat know the plot. Where it's like, okay, well, spo the spoilers for Gone Girl, you can skip ahead if you haven't seen it, but I highly recommend. Um, so she basically fakes her own death, no? And like yeah, well, so but the the thing is, for the first to frame him, first bit of the movie, it's unclear. Like you, you like Affleck, but then there's a there there is a moment there where the movie kind of convinces you that he did do it, and you're like, ooh. But then, big twist, it was her who faked her own death to frame him because he was cheating on her, and just like her like sociopathic games and how she's planned it out, but also how she can't mm. help herself from certain situations. Fascinating and super crazy and dark also i have to say just i mean even though he is kind of a dick i mean he does cheat on his wife um not that what she does is a proportional response to that but <laughs> it is a, it is a very likable affleck he's just like kind of the way he handles stuff you're just okay like, i don't know you're just yeah it's just a, a likable affleck um and his sister's a great character 
And I don't know, and they get this, like, attorney played by Tyler Perry, who's weirdly very good in this. Um, but the, I don't know, it's also great commentary on, like, the media and how the media deals with these kind of cases. Because I remember I was watching a, a True Geordie podcast, as we do, um, mm, on the this disappearance of Madeline McCann documentary. And I remember uh-huh. him and Lawrence were saying, like, ah, you know, the parents, they don't... Like, they don't look sad, they're not crying, they look really, like, they kind of look guilty, and this movie kind of parodies that a little bit, where it's like, I'm not saying anything about mm. the McCann thing, one way or the other, but they're saying, like, the media will say all this stuff, like, oh, he looks so happy, or he looks, he doesn't look sad enough, or whatever, when they have no idea really what's going on. Um, yeah. And it was just a really good look at that, and also, I guess I can spoil, there's one big kind of moment that's, <laughs> I mean, it's horrifying, and it's a crazy moment, but it's also a little nutty, so I don't know if I should spoil it. Um, I think you should spoil it. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's super horrific, but also Neil Patrick Harris is in this movie. <laughs> and, um, oh, yes. He is... Um, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> well, he's like obsessed with the, with the Ben Affleck's wife. I can't remember her name. Rosamund Pike. And so she kind of tricks him into taking her in. And then she also ends up like framing him for all this horrible stuff. But basically to kill him, she starts having sex with him and then at the exact point of orgasm she slits his throat and it's like super <laughs> horrible and violent but also just because it was neil patrick harris and i've been watching a lot of how i met your mother it just did also make me laugh <laughs> it's definitely something that could happen in how i met your mother <laughs> a classic barney story <laughs> so um, barney what was your your last date like just well, horrific flashbacks. <laughs> anyway, uh, have you met Ted? Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but genuinely an amazing film. Super gets, gets you thinking, keeps you totally hooked. Super fucked up ending too. So I would, I would highly recommend. I think you would enjoy it as well a lot. I see, I see, I see. I do, I do really think I'd like that movie. I, I've heard a lot about it. I've been meaning to watch it a few times. I've just never really gotten around to it. But absolutely, if it's a likable Affleck and a cutthroated uh, <laughs> Harris, pantsless, bleeding Harris, then is there anything right right after ejaculation? There's nothing I can <laughs> think of that sounds more appealing. I'll absolutely give it a watch. I will say, um, I believe it's time for you to roll that intro. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hope you roll it. I hope the audience enjoyed that dead air that was just there. What a great intro that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll look forward to see what you've done with it. But anyways, um, I've been watching a lot of Hunter Hunter mm. once more. And the latest arc, I don't remember how much I... It's been like a little bit of time since I last talked about it, but I don't remember what exactly I had said last time, but I've been watching this, the Chimera a- uh, Ant arc, and it is so incredibly dark and also so incredibly awesome, the mm. things that go on in it. Um, I won't, and like such a, like weirdly like, I mean, I'm going to spoil it slightly, although, you know, I, I, I doubt you'll watch. But like basically like the antagonist, he's like the most powerful being in the planet whatsoever, like ever. Um, but he gets infected by this like uh, nuclear bomb. So his... His cells and atoms slowly start like degrading and like he's poisoned and there's like he's got this like slowly decaying death in front of him. Mm. Um, 
and he's just like he's just like such a powerful being and he's like he looks down on everyone but at the same time you can't help but feel slightly sorry for him because like the only thing he wants to do in like in his last moments is to like play this like um japanese type of chess i guess you could call it with this blind girl who he's like weirdly fond of and it's just it basically like ends in this like person you're supposed to really hate because he's just like you know he's 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 evil um but ends with him just like in a very very like pitiful state that weirdly like just hits you hard and you almost get sad that he that he's that he's died um Mm. but some of the things that happen in this arc is just so dark like millions of people are like killed it's like it's just it's a strange thing but a very very good show um so I've gotten pretty far in that one. And then, so yeah, Hunter Hunter, very good. Another show I've watched mm-hmm. is called Made in Abyss, which is a completely different tone, a lot more lighthearted, I would say. And uh, also done in a very like beautifully animated world where it's basically there's a city um, up high up in the sky and then there's a huge crater that basically goes down uh, like tens of thousands of meters into the ground. And then there's these like cave explorers who like go further and further down to try and like try and explore and see what like lives at the bottom. And it's like a very beautifully animated thing, fun characters and just like a wholesome story as well. So I've been kind of like sidelining those two uh, anime at the same time and just a good time. It's just, I don't know, sometimes you sit you're after a long day, you get home, watch a bit of Maiden Abyss or Hunter Hunter. It's just, it's delightful. Hmm. A little, little end of the day treat. I think it's, Maybe good to have a, a dark tone and a light tone kind of mix and match mm. so you don't get super depressed. So I don't get horrifically depressed. <laughs> or, or arguably too worse, too happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or horrifically, you end up enjoying life. <laughs> Suddenly you don't cry yourself to sleep every night. <laughs> Suddenly you don't hate the new class clown. <laughs> um, no, yeah, fair enough. It's been a while since we heard the, the Freddy anime hour, so I'm, I'm glad it it's alive and well. Mm. Um, well, speaking it of is, it is, it is. Uh, our kind of <laughs> our unique interests on the show, I do very briefly want to talk about UFC. Won't go into it too much. Just one moment that I thought was extremely nutty, and I wanted Please. to share with the listeners. I, I love, I love when you go into the details. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, the whole thing was a mess, and uh, I'm kind of, I honestly don't even want to get into it because like someone missed weight and they had to rearrange the whole card. It was crazy, very crazy fight week. But just one completely unrelated moment on the card that I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so let me just set the stage for you. So there's this guy called okay. Jailton Almeida, who's this like absolute killer. He's People are saying he could be like a two-division champion. He's like undefeated in the UFC. He's this enormous like Brazilian guy, and he's just like terrifying. And he was supposed to fight mm. the number 10 heavyweight in the world. And it was like, oh man, what a, what a good step up. That's going to be, that's going to be a good fight. Then the number 10 heavyweight falls out of the fight and they have to replace him. And I didn't really follow it too closely. So I only, I was watching it and they were like, and they got his replacement. I'm like, I wonder who they're going to replace for this like absolute <laughs> murderer. And then out walks the, the biggest Swedish fuckboy <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. It's this just <gasps> Swedish dude. And I just, I laughed so hard because it looked like someone we would have gone to school with who just, he honestly really reminded me of who I know isn't Swedish, but like uh, just this guy we went to school <laughs> okay. with. What's, what's this guy's name? I can't remember his name, but I'll tell you. I, I Let me actually, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Jailton Almeida. What was his last fight? Um, I mean, you can look at both of them. You can look at Jailton Almeida and then look at Anton 
Turglej. <laughs> but um, but basically, he walks out to first of all, he walks out to like some song that he clearly finds you know hilarious for the walkout. <laughs> Is now I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to laugh at this man's uh, fighter name. But, no, but this <laughs> fighter name, that's... Anton the Pleasure Man. <laughs> That's what I was building too, because he walks out and it's like, who is this guy? Who's this random guy? And then he's like, his song is like, girls just want to have fun or something like, great, great meme there. And then the commentator's like, mm-hmm. he says he got into martial arts, so because he was stealing everyone's girlfriends and he wanted to, he got into a lot of fights for it. And then Bruce Buffer's announcing him and he goes like, Anton, the pleasure man. And I'm like, oh my god, because <laughs> <laughs> like he's just juxtaposed so... to like. The scariest man in, like, the UFC. <laughs> and then it's just, like, some dude we went to high school with. And, I mean, again, fair play to him. Like, <laughs> the pleasure man. I'm sure he's... And what was the other guy's name you said? The scary Jailton guy? Almeida. I mean, just his name sounds like he's a fucking terrifying guy. And, like, all respect to this guy. Anyone who fights, you know, respect for the, the bravery. And I'm sure he's great. I mean, he went up against, like, a really great guy. But he just got absolutely ran through. And it was... <laughs> after that whole walkout and everything, it was just kind of funny to watch. I see. Yeah, this guy. This guy looks <laughs> kind of scary. Won't lie. Yeah. So if there's one guy whose girlfriend Anton probably can't steal, I'm gonna say <laughs> it might be Jailton's. So anyway, that was just a great moment God, during. I that. would never look at myself again if I got beat by a guy who calls himself <laughs> the Pleasure Man. Yeah. But also, I ended up kind of did loving he, him. Did, was it was a pleasure man knocked out or what happened? I think he got like submitted in the first round. It was, I mean, there was just no, mm. it wasn't even a fight. Which again, I mean, he stepped it on short notice and everything. But it it was mostly just funny because it was just like there was such a zero percent chance he would do anything. <laughs> it was like as close <laughs> to like a hundred percent chance of him losing that fight. And I was just like, it just played out exactly like that. But yeah. Anyway, respect mm. to him. But uh, yeah, I I look forward to your next fight. Honestly, you won me over, the pleasure man. <laughs> you won me over. The pleasure. Um, I'll be following your career very closely. <laughs> also, my last one is one I guess we can both talk about real quick. Um, mm. I just yesterday I did catch up on the latest episode of House of the Dragon, um, and if we could just talk real quick spoilers about the, yeah, but, uh, su- oh, yeah. surprise incest. <laughs> Legitimately, I was watching it thinking like I was gonna come on the pod tomorrow and be like, you know, Damon, he's kind of he's kind of a cool guy. Like they're kind of having a wholesome time. I can kind of we're kind of having a wholesome time with the uncle. <laughs> and then they just start fucking, and I'm like, oh oh no, oh no, then <laughs> oh goodness, no, Matt Smith. It's a classic Milo moment just here. <laughs> big Milo moment. So um. Yeah, I don't know. I was just whatever Matt Smith does anything questionable ever, it's gonna be known as a Milo moment. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, other, I mean, it's a great show. It's still very crazy and compelling, but just they they really did not wait yeah. that long to get to the incest part. Which yeah, I, was, I mean, fourth episode in, and I was like, you know what, with the with the main character, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, it's um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> not that I enjoyed the incest. <laughs> But the episode as a whole was very good. I mean, I thought you were going to say the episode on the whole was very horny, which it was. There was a lot of... It's like it was, it was a horny episode, all of the sex scenes for episode four. Um, yeah. And then they, they just, like, completely overloaded their system and had to do an <laughs> uncle-niece scene. Yeah, they, they were, 
like they didn't even do it on purpose. They were like, okay, sexy and sexy and sexy. Oh, wait, wait, fuck. We threw in one with, with these two fuck, characters. Fuck, Wrong characters, wrong characters. <laughs> also, I thought it was hilarious watching the hand guy trying to explain to the king what happened <laughs> just super slowly and awkwardly. He's like, so you're a, your brother and your, your daughter <laughs> were seen at a pleasure house <laughs> just like yeah. kept going what going. are you saying <laughs> they were auto <laughs> they were fucking my lord i'm sorry <laughs> my king i'm sorry <laughs> he was doing the dance no pants just the disdain of they were coupling <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were coupling <laughs> mm, what a joke <laughs> milo moment <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, sire, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to report a big Milo moment in one of our brothels. <laughs> he cuts his head off immediately. Also, I like how he immediately just freaking takes his hand off the king position away. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you you should not you have dare me tell me about a Milo moment. You're relieved of all duties. <laughs> Somehow this is your fault. Yasin was like, um, he looks more, like, he looks worse and worse. And I was like, yeah, he's getting more decrepit every episode. Like, that king is, he's not going to make it. He looks like a bag of shit every time we see him now. <laughs> <laughs> like, doesn't he just look worse and worse? Well, he, he does, but he's got, like, some some disease, no? Oh, yeah, I guess he does. That's fair. Also, like, I mean, his wife died and his brother fucked his daughter. So, like, it's not... Yeah, it's tough times in Schmitzburg, as they as they put it. Um. <laughs> tough times in Schmitzburg. <laughs> but so far, really good, though, besides all the things we just said. It's a really good show. Very, very good show. Um, uh, yeah. Go on, if you have your, your final one. Ooh, I mean, it's a bit of a stinker one to end on, because it's not actually a proper one, I guess you could say. That's all right, we got Knuse. I've been watching... <laughs> <laughs> He said that, like, the Tom Knews is definitely, the, like, the cure to cancer. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We've got Knews. Oh, in, in that case, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Um, I will say I've been watching a little bit, just on the side, because my girlfriend's been watching it. Um, so whenever I'm, like, sitting on the couch at her place, she'll be watching a bit of Lucifer. Mm. Um, and I'm watching a bit of it as well. And goddamn, like... I really don't like Lucifer. <laughs> like, the guy who plays him, he's so strange. Like, it's like... So, it's basically, like, he tells everyone that he's the devil, but no one really believes him. Yes. But then he keeps, like, just acting as if he is. Or, like, I mean, he is. But, like, he keeps being, like... There's this, like, detective case, and he keeps being, like, well, father, like, he never really liked anyone when he created Earth. I was like, you must sound like <laughs> the, the weirdest dude to someone who doesn't believe you. Like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I really wish some character in the show would be like... The fuck's wrong with you? Shut get out. What are you what are you doing? Fuck and off. And also like he tries to do these like like witty Sherlock Holmes-esque one-liners that just always are so awkward in the moment. It's yeah. like And then out of nowhere he'll say something completely like outlandish. <laughs> the rest of the time it's just so like it's so cringeworthy some of the things he says. Like he really tries to be this like suave debonair dude who's like, oh and then like it's just I don't know. I just sit there and cringe so hard <laughs> at a lot of the things he says. Um, but, I mean, I don't think I'll ever really watch it, but it's amusing to sit and watch on the side and see, like, his, his random quips. Yeah. No, I, I actually was in a very similar situation a few years ago because my 
girlfriend at that time um, loved Lucifer. Thought she was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Father never really enjoyed your people. I don't know if that, 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 that's some weird racial connotation. Sorry, that, that was not my intention. <laughs> so naturally, you kind of watch a few episodes, you know, out of camaraderie. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, not not my kind of thing. I don't know, I didn't, I didn't love it. I did think he was a little bit annoying and weird. And you're like, we get it. You're mm. you're the devil. Con- congrats. Um, congrats, bro. Well, with all that said, it's now time for... News. Now we have an exclusive piece of Tom News this week. I don't know if anything actual Ooh. news-wise has happened. Um, let's see. Tom Cruise. Oh my god. There is a crazy... Alright, we're doing two pieces of Tom News this week. I don't give a fuck. But we will he- headline it. <laughs> I'm off the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> we will headline it with um, Kean sent in a news story in which um, okay. he said he was watching. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've written down a very basic note here, so I hope I recount the story correctly. But he was watching Top Gun Maverick with his uncle. And in the scene where mm-hmm. Cruz is riding a motorcycle, his uncle did, in fact, say he's Tom Cruising now. And Kean thought that this was, I believe he said, revolutionary, and he needed to share it with us, which I appreciated. And I did tell him this will change the world or something He's like Tom that. He's Tom Cruise now. <laughs> Damn, that is exclusive. So could we... <laughs> yeah, right. So if we could give a shout out to Kean's uncle for basically doing our jobs for us, because that's definitely a joke we have made in the past. Um, but yeah, revolutionary, and some could say life-changing. Um, and some could say very... Very nice. And now I just, I'm sorry, I couldn't pass up the chance to say this actual piece of uh, Cruise news from Express.co. Tom Cruise (laughs) forced to halt Mission Impossible filming after animal invasion. (laughs) Now, I do like to imagine that this was just like a hundred hedgehogs or something just stormed the gates. Um, but I guess we have to read here from Express what uh, <gasps> a hundred hedgehogs. What actually happened? Oh my God! Cruz's film shoot was brought to a halt by a large flock of sheep that managed to stampede their way onto the movie set. The Scientologist. <laughs> why do they refer to him as the Scientologist? That seems unnecessary. The Scientologist was described as quote admiring the flock as he called for the cameras to stop rolling. The 60-year-old star, who was also a producer for the film, then stood to the, si- stood to the side to let the rampaging barn animals <laughs> pass through his set. They make it sound pretty dramatic here. Um, I imagine it's like people were just being trampled to death, and Cruz was just standing there with like a beautiful sigh, like, oh, <laughs> I love life. <laughs> they're just the directors being just mauled. Um... <laughs> God, apparently also a dog broke into a scene earlier. What's happening to this movie? Is Tom Cruise like Snow White or some shit? And he just Where like, is he shooting this? Why is he shooting this out in like <laughs> the, the middle of Yulen? What's going on? He's on some like granddad's farm. Um, also, also, again, another thing that he, when he did that whole COVID rant, is Cruise directing this? Because it's like Cruise stopped the cameras. Cruise did this. It's like, is Cruise a one man set? Doesn't he have directors and... You know, people running the camera. The thing it seems is, like he runs I feel everything. like Cruz is like the executive producer, but at the same time, 
this movie literally is nothing without Cruz. So I think that's true. It's kind of like if like some footballer or athlete is like the pinnacle of like masterclass for their team. They can't. They can kind of like do whatever they want because they can't really afford to lose him. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, fair. Um, we're not gonna move on to the announcements and such, and some comments. First of all, Daniel says. Uh, this pod was posted yesterday, by the way. Daniel says, another really great and enjoyable episode. Keep up the great work. And that fact that Freddy hasn't seen Knives Out 2 trailer, what a joke. What a joke indeed. Mm. I have seen it now. ZJ says, a great way to start off my weekend after a long week of school. Absolutely. Joe C says, Freddy, what a glass onion. <laughs> and James Curry says, 4039, what the hell was this? Well, it's kind of just the, the topic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I don't, I don't, sorry. Is he referring to your laugh or something? I don't know. He says, guys, what the hell was this? I was worried I left something horrible in. Like, you accidentally gave away your address or said you wanted Chris Pine to spit in your mouth or something, which I decidedly cut out of the pod. Um... Mm, right. I, I mean, that was like 30 minutes of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> he detailed it very graphically. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, James Curry. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, we're going to go to the fan page, see if they've posted anything. They've not. Disappointing, but I'll allow it. A um, mm-hmm. couple of other announcements. By the way, I forgot to mention this, but when Kean requested for one of the episodes we do the Soldier Boy song that he does, he also says, um, a dance may be required, and I did say Freddy would be down, so I threw you under the bus there a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Is there a dance for that for that song? I mean, it's basically just him like swaying from side to side. Like, I guess you can improvise a dance. He also sent us um, a clip from the movie Bodies, 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 which I actually do want to watch. Um, that was funny where they talk about having a podcast and it just reminded me of the two of us where one of the characters mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to run a podcast. <laughs> I was like, I feel you. I feel your pain. Yassine sent me, I can't find it right now, but he sent me a thing on Twitter that was like, um, the boys moments as represented by new girl quotes. And he said like, I feel like you're the only <laughs> person in the world who this specific niche thread was made for. <laughs> so if you want to find that on Twitter, um, that's quite delightful. Um, thanks, you seen. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, just a thing that another film story thing. Actually, you know, I'll save this film class story for next time. I'll we'll, we'll save it for a little. <laughs> I only got so many anecdotes right, for right. for pod openings. You absolute tease. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, drop a like, subscribe, hit the bell button, leave a comment down below what you thought of the episode and what we talked about. You can find me on YouTube, BHL Hudson. Inst- no, you can also find us on. Inst- no, you can also find the pod on. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you're listening on YouTube, on YouTube, uh, where you should subscribe. God, I'm all over the place, sorry. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. (laughs) Where you should absolutely subscribe. (laughs) You can leave a five-star rating, leave a nice review, and tell when your class asks you what podcast changed your perspective on life, say, Mm. The Weekly Planet. (laughs) You can... uh, Because I've never wanted to do anything as shit as that. Hey yo, boom, roasted. You can find me on YouTube, BHL Hudson, Instagram, Twitter, BHL underscore Hudson. You can email, email the pod at BHL Hudson, visit gmail.com. I'm also on TikTok, BHL Hudson, Letterboxd, real BHL Hudson. <laughs> you got like 
faded out in the distance there. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at FDK underscore Dalt Sniper. You can find me on Instagram at Fidalgard. You can find me on Letterboxd at FDK underscore Thwilms. And you can find me on YouTube at FDK Space Gaming. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-da. Milo moment. <laughs> 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 <laughs>